We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our edition with Jessica Cootie featured just what a cool topic this week. One of the biggest stories, uh, one of the best stories, Eric Bailey's going to be on with us on the Sooner Sports Podcast tomorrow for the tailgate. And he said, for the media, this has been one of the best stories because of how good he is as an interview. But we're focusing on Buzzy Bolton this week, aren't we? Yes. So Curtis Bolton, wow, he has been the media darling, hasn't he? Absolutely. I mean, he, um, which I will say this, though, if you think about it, have you ever interviewed a linebacker that wasn't good? No, no. I mean, the thing about outside it, of Teddy when he was a player, I, I don't. I didn't interview Teddy when he was a player. So, but now Getting he's Ted. like you know has such a great perspective. And you think about it, they're kind of like the quarterback in that they have to know so much, and they are you know the quarterback of the defense most of the time. Genu- and genuinely speaking, since I've been here, almost every single linebacker has been a good interview. And even when maybe they weren't comfortable at first they still had good things to say and it's more like oboe I think about oboe eventually he became you know one of the best interviews but I just linebackers are just they have a different perspective so they're always give such good sound bites and so I think maybe people were shocked a little bit but you know he's been around he's been in the system and um man he's he's passionate and that comes across, and so I think that's one of the biggest things with him being such a great interview is he is so passionate about what he's talking about. So we got a lot to get to. You're going to hear from his linebacker coach, Tim Kish, quite a bit. Uh, we're going to talk about his connection to Oboe. In fact, did you get to talk to Oboe for this story as I well, didn't. too? No, I okay, didn't. Okay, okay. Just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, he's worked with several former Sooners, including the aforementioned 
Teddy Lehman, uh, Curtis Loft, among, uh, among others. And in all of this conversation that we've had about how great he is as an interview, Jess, this all begins with him just basically going out and winning a job. And at the core of it, we can tell you how great of an interview he is. He has flat out gone out and he won this linebacker job this uh, offseason. And there's so much that kind of leads into it that we're going to get to, um, but kind of wanted to start with how he got here in the first place. And because because we haven't talked to him a lot in the four years previous. If you, at all. You don't know his story and how he got here. And again, one of those California kids, the California pipeline. And, um, you know, I when I asked Coach Kish about it, um, you know, he said a lot about what we heard from Lincoln, have, have heard from Lincoln, is that he's probably the best pass rusher on this defense right now. And he has been one of the best pass rushers. It's just been a process to get him onto the field consistently. And, um, you know, again, we're going to break it all down. But just initially why he became a Sooner, I mean, he was making plays on his high school team left and right and caught Coach Kish's attention way back then. Uh, Curtis was a outside linebacker slash defensive end slash inside linebacker. I mean, he had he was playing multiple positions in high school, uh, but wherever he played, uh, he he showed uh, uh, flashes of uh, excellence at all three positions. And uh, probably the thing that uh, was most intriguing about him was his ability to pass rush as a linebacker. So when we first started looking at him as a potential recruit for us. Uh, we weren't sure whether or not he'd fit into the jack linebacker position, which is more of a pass rushing type linebacker or a inside linebacker. But uh, he, he was an excellent athlete in high school and uh, just uh, a big time playmaker in high school. And uh, we just felt like that was a young man that uh, would fit into our program and our defense perfectly. When did you kind of maybe realize that was maybe a special talent you had? Um, since I was little. Uh, I'm a D lineman at heart. I just never grew into the body. But, um, you know, in high school, I played stand-up, and um, I played a, a lot of places in high school, but mostly I was off the edge. And, you know, that's just, in, in high school, I, I damn near rushed every down. So um, I think I got here because I thought I could be a playmaker. So when you were little, you were playing like? Yeah, um, I, played, I played everywhere across like the, the defense. Were like, oh, running back, quarterback, you were always? I was never a fan of offense. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I played, I played offense growing up, too. Um, I played offense a little bit in high school, too, but I've always been a defensive-minded player. I never wanted to have the ball. I always wanted to hit the guy with it. Um, that, that's, just kind of, that's just kind of how it was. I had a lot of anger issues when I was little, so football usually helped me take the stress off, um, just running to people full speed. It's hard to do that now. You kind of have to come more controlled. But, um, you know, it's, it's a mentality thing that, that I try to keep in mind. That's funny. So um, were you just like wrecking havoc as like an 8, 9, 10-year-old? Yeah, I was a beast back then. He said he's a defensive lineman at heart. He just didn't have the body for it. How much do you feel like uh. that pass rush is, is a mentality of him just wanting to hit the guy with the ball? Well, he uh, that's it 100%. Uh, you know, he, he'd like to be uh, unleashed and uh, and just uh, sent on every uh, – Every snap, I think, if he had his druthers, but uh, unfortunately, at an inside linebacker, you don't have that uh, uh, opportunity to do that. But uh, you know, that's that's his one of his fortes. There's no doubt about it. I'd I'd argue he's one of the best pass rushers on our defense right now, and uh, he certainly is from an outside position, and uh, just has a certain knack about him, and 
uh, a way of getting to the football and finding the quarterback. So uh, that's a bonus for us to be able to play him in multiple positions in our defense. So one of the things that stood out for me, Jess, about Curtis Bolton is how he's been right on the cusp. You know, last year, I go back two years ago when we had that crazy game against Texas Tech. They had a special package for him, and he came in and, and rushed the edge, got out to the quarterback, got out from Holmes a couple times, and got hurt. Last year, it seemed like he was on the verge of, and got hurt. He's been right there on the cusp a couple of times in his career, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. And for him, he – okay, so when he first got here, I mean, you, you, it was a tough transition, and this is kind of a lot – it's talked about in the feature piece more than it is here, but it is important to mention that – he didn't, as talented as he's been and we've seen from him this year, it's not like that talent hasn't always been there. It's Initially, it was himself. He wasn't taking care of the other things outside of football to get him in there. He talked a lot about how, too, you know, he had relied on so much of just his instincts and ability that, you know, when you get here, you can't you got to learn other things. you got to learn the system. you got to learn – and he talked about he was just playing so fast and he had to slow his game down. And so, you know, maybe just learning the system. But then it was also in the classroom and taking care of just all the aspects that go into being a student athlete, he struggled with. And so then once things started to slow down, they, he, they did. They got him out onto the field and especially um, – you know, I guess it, and a lot of it is similar to Oba, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit more in the next kind of break. But once things started to kind of click for him on the field, it was more like waiting his turn. So he had a big role in special teams, which a lot of things, a lot of times, that gets overlooked. And so you know, after that initial redshirt year, and then the going into the um, after the Orange Bowl year, and he had some roles on special teams. But then it was last season that man, they really found a role for him, and a lot of that was going back to his ability to get to the quarterback, to rush the passer, to come off that edge. and But, yeah, it was derailed. And so you think about what we're seeing now, we put, could have potentially seen last season. Yeah, we were really counting on him. We had him in all of our packages, in our regular package, our nickel package, and our dime package, doing different things in each one. And, uh, and uh, we're counting on him big time a, a year ago, you know, to be a major factor in, in all three uh, position groups. And uh, he really uh, uh, showed us a, a real talent uh, when we went to the dime package and we moved him up on the line of scrimmage. And, and ultimately then he became, uh, you know, the premier pass rusher for us. And uh, he was doing a great job. And then that uh, one play in the high State game that uh, – you know, he twisted his ankle and, uh, you know, just it was devastating for all of us, devastating for him, devastating for us. And and uh, we were just hoping that uh, it wasn't something that uh, would, would be career ending. And luckily for us and for him, it wasn't. So when did you kind of start feeling maybe the game was starting to slow down for you? Because it's everybody's seeing it now, but you were playing pretty well last season before the injury. Um, I'll say probably, uh, I mean, my, my redshirt year came back, I was – kind of lost after that. It took me a while to figure out, especially because I, I played um, outside linebacker a lot uh, growing up. So when I got here and, and had to rotate to inside, it's it's a different, I mean, you hear linebacker, linebacker, you assume it's the same thing, but the the the, the techniques and just the philosophy of the position is so much different. Um, so that, that was a tough transition from outside to inside. Um, I think it, 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 it started coming together after after my first year. The first year we went to the um, the first year we went to the uh, playoffs. Um, that year I was kind of still lost. That year I'd got hurt, um, down on myself, 
And after that year, I kind of just went to the off season and, and decided I was going to grind. And, and if one thing was going to happen, I was going to know this playbook inside and out. And at that point, if I wasn't playing, then it was going to be because I wasn't physically ready, not because I wasn't mentally ready. I, was, I, I didn't want to go through the same mistake twice. And after that, I felt like I did a good job of that. And, um, you know, it just wasn't my time. Um, so I had a special teams role. I tried to play it to the best of my ability. Um, ended up doing pretty well on that. And then uh, going into last year, I felt I felt on top of the world. Um, I felt I finally got it physically. I felt I finally got it mentally. I felt it was just uh, at that at that time I was just waiting on an opportunity, and uh, I was I, I got my opportunity on um, third down. And because uh, I mean I played outside linebacker a lot growing up, so uh, rushing the passer comes pretty natural to me. It's not too much of a coaching thing that they have to do with me. They kind of just have to tell me where to rush, and then I can make it happen after that. But um, you know, and I started to get a role in that, and then my role started growing, and then, you know, game four, I got hurt, and it, it kind of crushed me, but uh, I came into this offseason so so ready to grind, just, just, I wasn't ready to give it up. So it's interesting, Jess, because when we were talking about guys who maybe, I don't want to say struggle, but didn't have a massive role in the defense for the first couple of years, I would always reference a Mark Jackson Jr. in the preseason, you know, a guy that played a little bit in his first two years and has you would hope that he's exploded onto the scene, which he has. Think about uh, Eric Stryker. Didn't play his freshman year, exploded his sophomore year. Uh, Oboe didn't have a role his first two seasons and exploded onto the scene. I never could have imagined that would have fit a guy like Bolton, just because, as you said, he had done it on special teams, and it was kind of, I think, for fans out of sight, out of mind, but he's uh, he's really kind of followed that Oboe-Eric Stryker path, hasn't he? Yeah, and for a lot of people, too, I don't know if a lot of people understand, but we've talked a lot about when you change positions, that's really tough, too. That's a tough transition to, to change, and he did that. He's had to play multiple positions, and so, um, you know, that was kind of a, an adjustment for him. But, yeah, I mean, I just think with um, with a lot of these players, you're like, oh, well, he's not playing. He's not any good, you right. know? I mean, but that's not always the case. It's, it's maybe the person in front of you with um, Oboe, it was – Striker and Devontae Bond that was ahead of him with Cur Curtis Bolton. He's just had people kind of in front of him and waiting his opportunity. He always had the ability, but it's just sometimes all about timing for these guys. And so for Curtis, um, when he was kind of, you know, realizing that maybe it was going to be a different, it wasn't going to be easy for him. It wasn't going to just be handed to him. He wasn't just going to immediately get out on the field. He learned a lot from watching Oboe and how Oboe handled the whole situation. Um, I mean, I had a long talk with my coach, with, with Coach Kish, and, and told him that I was thinking about staying. I, I, I wasn't ready to leave. Um, and I thought I could be a guy for this team. And you know, I seen and, 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 and a lot a lot of a lot of uh, hope for that was Oba. I seen I seen how Oba went around it. And um, a lot of people didn't see the down years of Oboe. The first the first few years when um, he would get in and mess up, but he was so talented that that he was just going to have to keep working and he was going to get his shot again and it took him a while to get that shot right but when he got it right it sunk and he was a superstar of our team um crazy play after crazy play uh closing out games for us just just wreaking havoc um a guy that offense has had to had to respect they had to they had to know where he was every down and that 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 kind of respect that that's the kind of respect that I, I eventually want to get to and and I see how Oboe did it, and at the end of the day, I feel like I'm a ball player, so that, that's I'm trying to be out there and play the best ball I can.
he talked about how much time you invested in him, how much you fought for him, and you know wanted to make sure that he succeeded. What was it that you saw in him? And I know you do that with all your guys, but with Curtis, what did you see in him that you wanted to fight so hard for him? Well, it was a similar path to Oboe, <laughs> to say the same. Uh, you know, uh, uh, those two uh, just just it took a while for them to get a real grip on what college. Uh, life was all about and playing at the uh, elite level that you're playing at here at, at Oklahoma um, with all the uh, uh, extra pressures that that adds to your normal day and uh, you know it just it took them both a, a while to to understand uh, how, how to handle that and uh, and mature with that but uh, uh, Curtis was worth every fight uh, you know I mean we'd take two steps forward and one step back and then uh, you know, we're just trying to get him uh, on track and, and, and being more consistent, which is exactly uh, what was happening on the football field for him as well. So uh, once he became more a consistent football player, then we were able to get him out there and, and, and get him some more reps and, uh, and eventually, uh, you know, get into a starting position. You know, one thing I wanted to add to that, Jess, before we go further is – I'm glad you brought that up. Sometimes you might not see a guy play right away or, or a female athlete their freshman or sophomore year and suddenly like, oh, well, they're, they're not all that great time to move on. But I think some of the best examples of patience come on the softball team. Look at me bringing this back to softball somehow. <laughs> of course but like a would. Katie Self and an Aaron Miller, they didn't play a lot their freshman years. But as the seasons progressed, I mean, they're the star players for a national championship. I, I had brought up, you know, obviously you see it in football. We had two great examples on the defensive side of the football. I think you're seeing it a lot on offense as well, too. And I'm glad we didn't cast him off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he stayed around because he's been the key to this defense. And one thing that has really been intriguing about Curtis Bolton, and Kenneth Murray has talked about this a lot too, how they understand the tradition of not just the defense, but the linebackers that came before them, and they're, and they're talking to them. I noticed this the other day. Uh, Kenneth actually posted on his social media a – did you see this? The I sent it to Teddy. <laughs> yeah, the polls down here that are wrapped with, like, former Sooner greats that have all won all these awards and um, – Kenneth took a picture of Teddy and the butt kiss award and, you know, basically just put an emoji there. These guys are hungry for that. And and I just think it's so cool how much they understand. And a lot of this, too, I think is so big that Mike Stoops was here when a lot of these former Sooner greats coached here because, you know, he can bring them in, but he can also make sure and uh, let these guys know how actually legitimate these dudes were on the field. And, with the linebackers, a lot of these recruits, you know, they might not. And while they come here and they learn the tradition, a lot of these recruits, you know, until they get here, don't know a lot about Oklahoma football back in those days. As I say back in those days, it wasn't that long ago. But for these recruits, it was. And so for them to have so much just to revere and have so much respect and admiration of those guys that played here, um, I think just speaks so much volumes. And Curtis did a lot of that leading into this year is he wanted to not only train himself and be in the best shape physically, um, but also mentally. So he did a lot of research, did a lot of kind of seeking out information. And some of that has come, especially recently, with being able to have being able to break down film and spend some time with one of the former greats in Curtis Lofton. The biggest piece of information I got from uh, what didn't actually come until last week. You'd be surprised. Um, I had gotten uh, Curtis Lofton was down, and we got in the film. And you know, um, I, I try not to stay too low on on my bad plays. I try not to stay too high on my good plays. 
And um, but you know, I was I was I was getting a little little high off the ground and. And uh, Curtis Lofton came in, and we were, we were all watching film as all the inside linebackers were watching film. And all I was hearing all week was how good I was doing, and you know, it's that's good to hear and all. But I, I need to I need to know what I need to fix, because the good plays are going to come if I'm doing something right. If I'm if the good plays are coming, it's obviously I'm doing something right. Then I need to keep doing what I'm doing. But the bad plays, obviously, I'm doing something that I don't need to be doing. So it was good to have a guy like that come in. You know, just a legend here. Um, uh, highly respected, and 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 when he sat down, I kind of I kind of took his word as law. So when, when he when he said something, I was writing it down, and uh, <laughs> he got in the film and and didn't focus on any of the good, and and and, and told me uh, I told him uh, be brutally honest with me. I'm I'm not a sensitive person. Um, I, I I like constructive criticism, and 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 he was brutally honest with me for for the first half of that UCLA game, and uh and I thought. I, I, I thought it went well. It was it was good to notice, and um, some of those things I worked on in, in Iowa State, and uh, I just got to keep getting better like that. Just um, just just seeking knowledge out and trying to trying to implement that knowledge into my game. I want to remind everyone that this is kind of just as a I don't know, and a not necessarily amendment, an addition to the feature. So you can go to SoonerSports.tv right now and watch it. Just I wrote an article on Curtis for Boyd Street and. Uh, I was just in awe of some of the things in his background. And one of the stories that we didn't get a chance to get into in the feature, and I don't think I wrote about too terribly much, but we've talked about some, is that he had an opportunity to leave. He could have left after this year. And based on what had kind of taken place before in his career, no, no one could really blame him. He had graduated. He could go somewhere and play right away, but he chose not to. I, I mean, it's such a big kind of topic of conversation right now, and – Curtis Bolton is one of those guys that, you know, came here, had some big expectations. Things didn't work out exactly how he would had necessarily hoped. He had some injuries. And, you know, going back to when he wasn't necessarily taking care of business off the field, he matured and he ended up getting right in the classroom. So he got his degree. He got his degree in May. So with that being said, Everything was kind of, he could have very easily been a graduate transfer and gone somewhere and probably made an impact for somebody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. And so when in January, when he, you know, he's coming off the injury, he's getting back healthy. There were some moves with Caleb Kelly moving inside and, um, you know, that he started having those conversations. He had several conversations with Coach Kish, with um, Coach Stoops and, and the staff and just kind of talking about, you know, what, what, potentially could be next for him and certainly that was an option for him to transfer and go somewhere else but one thing that he had talked about and I I you know think that this coaching staff says a lot is that we don't care what star you were what your background is you know the guys that are playing the best ball are going to be the 11 guys we put out on the field who are the guys that are going to help us win and you know they told him they reassured him that look you're the spot's not shirt up Every spot's open, and that even Rodney Anderson said that going into the right. season, coming off his, the year he had, he he knew that that spot wasn't guaranteed his. Every year, you're not guaranteed your spot. They reassured him, you're going to have every chance to earn your spot, to get back onto the field, to earn your playing time. And ultimately, deep down, Curtis is a Sooner, so he decided to stay. He decided to, you know, do everything he could to put himself in the best position Lo and behold, as Coach Kish talks about, 
He came in and he won the job. He was the best guy for the job in fall camp. And so here's kind of him talking about wanting to finish it out as a Sooner, get it right here. We certainly are glad that, uh, you know, he, he decided to make that uh, decision to stay put and, uh, and finish out his career here. He's not a quitter. He never has been. He's gone through some tough things in his life. He's doing, gone through some tough things while he's been here at college. And, uh, but he's persevered through all of it. And, uh, you know, I, I give him all the credit for uh, staying with it and, uh, and wanting to finish out here at Oklahoma. It was the right thing for him to do at least from my perspective, and uh, ultimately he felt the same way. Our coaching staff kind of came out and said they were going to play the best 11. Whoever was playing the best 11 ball was going to play for us. And, um, and, and I trusted that, and that's, that, that's what was relayed to me in, in January when I sat down and um, had to decide with the coaching staff. if they, they knew I wasn't a guy that played a lot, and a lot of guys in my position ended up, le end up leaving. Uh, whether whatever school that be at, and um, I told them I was a sooner. Um, you know, I, I I couldn't see myself starting over somewhere. Uh, I just felt like if I was gonna get it right, I was gonna get it right here. Um, I think I I think I uh, owed that, especially because you know I I did so much wrong, and um, and I I was a big portion in why I wasn't playing a lot, and I didn't want. I wanted to get it right here. Um, Coach Kish has sacrificed a lot for me. He's took a lot of heat from me over the years. Um, he's done all he can to make me a better football player. And um, a, a big, a big uh, part of me staying here was, was I, I felt like I owed that to him to, to finish it out and, and just, just make, cause he was the guy that brought me in. And, and you know, you, the guys you bring in personally, you want them to succeed because that makes you look better as a coach. Um, I'm just trying to make it look like Coach, Coach Kish's decision to bring me here was a good one. How rewarding is it for you as a coach? I mean, you have the guys that come in here, do everything right, and it's easy. But to see a guy that has made it through those struggles that you talk about and is contributing in the way that he is, how rewarding is that? It, it's the ultimate. It's what you want to see in all these guys. And at the end of the day, uh, you want them to be successful both on and off the field. And uh, uh, Curtis is going to, you know, he's already graduated now, so which is a big bonus. And uh, and now, you know, finishing up, having a good start to his, Last year of uh, collegiate football, uh, I couldn't be more proud of him and uh, happy for him. And uh, uh, he deserves it. You know, he worked hard at it, and uh, like I said, he persevered through a lot of a lot of tough times. And uh, uh, for him to go out there and, and have his 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 time and his his time to shine, it's really really rewarding for me to watch that as he progresses through the rest of the season. Well, there's a. Uh... There's a little bit that you won't see on the feature. And, again, we encourage you to go to Soonersports.tv and watch the entire piece also on Soonersports.com. And he's he's had a whale of a year so far. And I've, I've had to leave a lot of things out. And this is, like, one of the first features where it was almost completely – I didn't use hardly any sound bites from this that I used in the feature and any wow. of the sound bites from the feature into this because he and Kish, Coach Kish are so great that, um, you know, I had so many kind of – I guess, potential and storylines that I could include. And, yeah, boy, I, when I was researching for this, he's coming off the heck of a performance against Army, right, which they knew. And it was so funny talking to Rufus and Teddy going into that game, and then you hear the same thing from Curtis and Kenneth after the game is you see that on the schedule, you see the triple option, their eyes just light up, <laughs> knowing that – and Curtis said that, I'm going to be able to rack up my tackles for the entire year in this game. And he ended up having 23, which would have been the second most in uh, program history. But Kenneth Murray ended up breaking that with 28 tackles, a record that stood for 53 years. But, 
you know, with that performance and then Curtis, what was the leading tackler in week one, mm-hmm. um, he was up there in, in week two. Um, he's just kind of been right there. And so he's the second leading tackler on for Oklahoma right now. And he talked about that. Like, look, I had maybe what, I don't even know what it was, but 15 tackles total, you know, going into this season as a, he said, I was in a terrible spot, but now look at me. I'm, I'm one of the leading tacklers. He's second. Uh, oh, sorry, second on the team, third in the conference in Big 12, again, behind Kenneth Murray and all of this, and, like, top 15 in the country in oh, all yeah. of FBS. And so the way that things have paid out, it's just such a great story. And, I mean, you, you dive into it. We talked about it. It's been one of the fun storylines of the entire year. But to really dive into it, it was a fun one for me to do. It was awesome. So we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, OU Texas next week. Let's do it. So Big you one. Can, you can imagine some greatness from Jess, and we'll see you guys next week on the Sooner Sports Podcast. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.